You're listening to the Private Citizen Civil Liberties Podcast. This is episode 158 for Wednesday, the 20th of September, 2023. The EU wants to abolish digital privacy. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. My name is Fab. I'm your host, coming to you live from the wonderful city of Düsseldorf on the Rhine, where it is quite hot in September. And uh, this week, I actually, um, our fig tree, which had figs last year, it's quite a small tree uh, still. Um, it's only like three f years old, I think, or four. I don't know. Anyway, that it had its first figs last year, but they didn't get to the point where they were ripe. I harvested the first fig this week, and it was delicious. So uh, hooray, hooray for global warming in that respect. I, I do really enjoy having having figs here in Western Germany. <laughs> anyway, I hope you're doing well. I'm I'm back on a Wednesday. I'm trying to stick to the Wednesday schedule yet again and have a show out every week. That's the plan. Let's see how long I can keep it up. <laughs> I might have to to move the Wednesday date a little bit in the future, but you know episode a week is what i'm talking about anyway uh glad to have you on the show um today we are gonna this is gonna be a very old school episode um this is typical uh for the show um you know even without you know i i i shifted a bit more towards politics uh, in, in later years but you know from the beginning of the show the show is about privacy and uh, civil liberties and this is also about cryptography and the crypto wars so if you go to private citizen press and you go to this episode's show notes page 158 if you find show notes as usual but there's also tags at the top if you click on the uh, crypto wars one uh, then you will find a lot of episodes kind of on this topic uh, it, it's an evergreen it, it always comes back and uh, it will be with us for a long time and today we are going to talk about the um uh, the a crypto wars a topic, a, a, a typical one, but this is uh, the EU once again, which is also also comes back to haunt, haunt us on the show quite regularly. And EU le legislation that is basically going to abolish all kinds of digital privacy in the EU uh, if it passes. We were a bit lucky. I prepared, kind of prepared most of this episode last week, and it was gonna, it looked like they were gonna, um, kind of set this law up. I don't know if it was going to pass, but I think it was going to go through like the first instance, you know, I think the, the, um, I think not the EU parliament, but the, the council, I think, uh, this weekend, but it turns out that it's been, um, it's been kind of held up or pushed back, um, uh, for the foreseeable future by the German government, no less, but I'm going to talk about that, um, uh, in the process of talking about so i want to talk about it anyway it's it's by no means a dead topic um i am sure this will be back um it's just a matter of time uh, these things always come back and they've they've tried to pass laws like this in the in the uh, in the past and they will in the future so what we're going to talk today about today um is chat control that's what it's aptly called it's not like one of these names where they're kind of trying to hide under a under like nice behind a nice slogan or whatever what they're actually doing that's horrible this actually the name is quite is it's it, it is as horrific as it sounds 
So as this like, of course, I have a link um, in the show notes, which is quite a good explainer of this law um, by a guy. He is a member of the uh, European Parliament uh, for the Pirate Party and has been fighting against this law for quite some time. Um, I'm following on Twitter. Um, and it's also where I found this, uh, this website of his, um, this, or this page on his website. Um, and, you know, you can, you know, I, I, I see the Pirate Party uh, with mixed feelings. I'm certainly not voting for them anymore. I talked about this. I voted for them years ago, which was a big mistake. I mean, they have uh, they have quite some, quite some weird people in the party, and it's sometimes there. Um, yeah. When, when it comes to uh, topics that don't have anything to do with, like, the digital realm, um, they tend to be, um, you know, it can get weird. They can have very weird opinions. Um, generally, when it comes to like digital rights, they are, you know, quite, quite good. Um, you know, which this is kind of how the party got started, and it's kind of there. I mean, the, the their common ground is that they usually know what they are talking about when it comes to uh, digital. Uh, you know, matters and especially, you know, freedoms and stuff like that, mm. which is certainly not the case with any, any other political party I find. And especially also not with the press. We're going to, we're going to have an example while talking about this at the end here. It's quite a, quite a good example from Reuters. Um, but yeah, but this page is, is, is quite good. Um, it explains the law quite well, I feel. It's definitely, of course, from the perspective of the Pirate Party, but I do think if you know... Um, I, I like the little video they did, by the way. It's just animations which have like these phones and they have like this, 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 this spy camera attached to the phone. Makes it quite... quite clear what the law is about um they obviously have their agenda but i think in in this case the, their agenda is just you know common sense um and you certainly need something like this like this page is very long and it tries to explain it to like you know the normal guy on the street which is something you need to do because with these digital top topics a lot of people uh their brain just turns off you say you say something like end-to-end -end encryption and they just Mentally, they're just gone and thinking about their next grocery shopping or whatever. Um, you know, lots of people just, this is a topic where they um, think, okay, it's 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 computers, it's very complicated, I will never be able to understand this and they just tune out, which is a shame because really it's not that complicated. Um, but, you know, it is what it is um, and they're trying to explain this so that people can understand. Um, of course, I will... Uh, explain what what this law is about um here quickly but it's something like if you've been listening to the show you know all this but i feel we still have to i still have to do an episode about this right somebody could come along who finds this podcast and who might not know about these things that is my hope that something like this happens that is one of the reasons why you know i i i upload this podcast feed to spotify and places like this and i think google podcasts and stuff like that um, even though, you know, Spotify is not technically a podcast because, you know, um, they don't, there's no RSS feed. I mean, they take their, my RSS feed for the show, but they never surface it anyway. It's just like an audio file on their system. So it's not technically a podcast. But, you know, my hope is that people will find this show and um, people 
maybe I'm interested in these kind of topics, but you know, they're not my usual audience. Uh, if you are one of these people, welcome, welcome to the show. Um, by the way, as I always say, I do this live, right? I, I record this live. It's just me at home, um, but uh, in my office. But I uh, I do stream this live on Twitch whenever I record them, which I'm trying to. It's, to it's you know I'm trying to make it Wednesdays. Currently, it's mostly Wednesday nights, and I upload these also the recordings to YouTube, uh, which was part, by the way, last time. It might be for this episode as well because Twitch didn't let me uh, edit a highlight of this i usually edit like the the front and the end of the stream off you know just the, like the the pauses like the before the stream starts i just cut that off you can do that very easily on twitch with like the highlighting thing but it didn't let me do it i i guess because i said warning i said child porn and uh, which we're going to talk about today as well sadly uh, because you know that's always why these laws are passed that's always like the big shining beacon you know, fight against child pornography um, and I'm guessing Twitch analyze I mean they do auto captions so they do analyze the the audio track and um, YouTube probably I hope YouTube does as well I'm, I'm sure that video from from last week's episodes not monet I mean I don't even try to monetize them but I'm sure I couldn't I'm sure it's like hidden I'm sure the algorithm will never show it to anybody because I, I said child pornography which you know is what the show is about but you know what can you do well, not like that episode. Um, yeah, anyway, so you can watch this on YouTube. Go to Private Citizen or press this link to the playlist if you want to see what I look like while I do this. <laughs> um, yes, so um, I'm going to try to explain uh, what 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 they're, what they're doing in this law and, and why it's a bad idea. So basically what chat control is is something I've talked on the show before. I have a link in the show notes, TM. Uh, private citizen press to episode 92 which is a few years ago um so so what this is it's client side scanning um and i and then that episode 92 um i explain why that's a bad idea or basically i explain this uh, based on a paper that Whitfield Diffie Ronald Rivest uh Stephen oh god i'm i'm reading off the names and at that moment the development server crashes for my uh, on my website that I use when I'm recording this. <laughs> I don't know all these names. By, I know who the people are, but I don't know them by heart. Uh, Whitfield Diffie, Ronald Rivers, Stephen N. Bellovin, uh, Peter Neumann, uh, Matt Blaze, and Bruce Schneier, who are all like uh, cryptologists, uh, who say or explain in their papers, you know, in um, scientific terms, why client-side scanning is a bad idea. And what client-side scanning is? So we have... Um, fought as as technologists for a long time to have all like um, for example all messages on smartphones uh, to be end to end encrypted, right? Which means um, a kind of encryption that that nobody can look into except you know I'm sending let's let's say I, I'm sending a text message or a photo in a text message or whatever file to you, uh, and we we use WhatsApp or Signal or whatever one of these end-to-end -end encrypted messengers, um, that w that means that I'm sending you the file and only me and you uh, can see this file. And the service provider can't. Like, you know, if you're using WhatsApp, Facebook can't see it. Um, whereas, you know, non-end-to-end -end encrypted communication, like uh, Twitter DM or, um, you know, in, in many cases, emails, it's just encrypted in, um, in transit. Um, 
So for me, that would be like if I sent you a Twitter DM, it's encrypted between my browser and Twitter servers, gets unencrypted, processed by Twitter, then re-encrypted uh, and sent to your browser. And, and, you know, it can't be intercepted in the middle, but Twitter can read it. And that's really not privacy, right? So privacy is only I and the people I specifically choose, in this case you, um, can see what this is about. And so client-side scanning works in a way where it's still end-to-end encrypted. You know, let's say we use WhatsApp and I send you a text message and that is still end-to-end encrypted, except um, WhatsApp will be forced by the EU in this case to um, copy the the message or whatever, the picture, whatever I'm sending, copy that most likely to their servers before it encrypts it on the phone and sends it to you which makes a mockery of end-to-end encryption. That means end-to-end encryption in that case is just useless. You might as well not do it. You might as well just do transport encryption, which, you know, prevents other actors on the internet from reading the stuff. But, you know, in this case, Facebook or, or Meta, as they're called now, uh, will, I keep calling them Facebook because nobody, that Meta is such a stupid name and nobody knows what you're talking about when you say that. Um... And yeah, so 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 it it just it just circumvent. It doesn't. It's clever from a legal and a PR like political standpoint because it lets the them the politicians say, well, we we are not touching the end to end encryption, which is technically true, but it makes it useless, um, right? It's kind of like. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of an. It's so stupid that I can't even think of an example. Um, uh, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like saying, okay, I'm going to shoot you with a pistol, right? I'm going to shoot you with a pistol, but it's okay. You get a you get a bulletproof vest. You get armor plating that will protect you from the pistol shot, right? And I give you the the bulletproof vest. You put it on, and then I shoot you with a bazooka, and you're dead. That's kind of what this is. You know they're not breaking the promise they've given you, but they're well in. They're not breaking it, you know the word of it, but you know it's useless because they're using a completely different way. And in the end, it just makes a mockery of of what you're trying to do. And you know why I say they, they want to abolish all uh, digital privacy um, because that's exactly what it is. Because you know encryption sounds very. Um, you know, when you talk to people, you, you talk about this to your family at the dinner table, right? You, you say encryption. That sounds very technological. But basically what it is, is, it ensures privacy. Encryption is the only way in technology to ensure privacy. Um, it's the only way. It's just a mechanism where, you know, normally a computer works anything that's that's a computer your smartphone your tablet anything servers your desktop computer your smartwatch anything like that works just by copying data it copies data all the time um even when you move a file on your computer it copies the file from where you where it was to where you want it to be and then it deletes the old copy like that's how computers work, you know. They they're just you know adding numbers in the background. But basically, they're just copying stuff from your hard drive to to RAM, you know, from RAM back to the hard drive. Uh, you know, anything you do, 
um, you know, you 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 go to a server, you you know, you go to a server to to read uh, a news website. Basically, what your computer does, it goes to the server and says, "Give me a copy of that page," and it will copy that file, transfer it to your computer. Um, so everything is based on copying files, and if we don't encrypt anything, it's all clear text, and every, every anybody can read it, right? Anybody has a copy. Um, and you know, sending a file over the internet is just making a copy of you know, just you know, one one computer says to the other, "Give me that file," makes a copy, and then the next co computer asks that computer, and that's how that file gets transferred all around the world, right? Um, there's also where the saying comes from, you know, there's no cloud, there's just other people's computers because it's all just computers copying files all the time. Um, so the only way to to have anything like privacy is to make, I mean, you still have to have the file be copyable, right? You you cannot, that's why, you know, um, uh, like copyright is such a weird thing on on the web, right? Because you, you're always making a copy, even if you're not allowed to, uh, because you don't have the copyrights to the file. By showing it to you, when you first get it, your computer makes a copy. Um, so the only way, so if you if you want to preserve this technology like your computer and your smartphone and your internet, the only way to preserve that and to still have privacy is to have the file be copied but only readable by the person you want to. So you encrypt it, right? It's you um you know it uses this thing called uh, private uh, public key cryptography and basically what it does it 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 uh, takes the file and puts it through. I'm trying to explain this. You know, if you're if you're a nerd and listening to this, most of my normal audience will probably facepalm at this point. But you know, I'm trying. I'm trying to make this understandable to a general audience. Um, so basically, it puts your file through like this black box, and the thing that comes out the other end is still a file, but it just looks like it's filled with random noise. And anybody can copy that, right? So the end-to-end -end encryption is like that encrypted file gets copied everywhere. And it can be on Facebook servers. It can be on the police servers. It doesn't matter. The CIA can get a copy of it. But as long as they don't have the secret that goes with it that, that you know, that you use for the, for the encryption process and the decryption process, this file is useless. Um, and I will just give that secret... And the way this works, I'm not going to explain that because that's that's that, that's an episode in itself. But you know, I'm I'm just going to give you the person I want to 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 read this text message. I I also give you this secret. It's actually, yeah, it's a, we we basically you exchange keys because you don't give anybody a secret. You just give them a public key, and then you exchange that. And both of you also have a secret and. Using that together, like two keys, basically, you can un unlock that file. Um, so that's all very uh, complicated and 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 very very roundabout way of saying it's it's the only way to have anything to control. It's not even so much about privacy uh, or privacy. It's it's about controlling who has access. That's the only way. Like encryption is the only way you can really. In, in this digital age of ours, when we're talking in this digital realm, you can control um, anybody's access to a file you give them, right? To anything that's out there. It's the same way that, you know, if you're a gamer and you have Steam, for example, right? There's these, there's these things where you can preload the game because, you know, it, it'll be like a, 
I don't know, 60 gigabyte download and it's like this blockbuster game. Um, you know, recently I've been playing a lot of Starfield that had launched like this, you know, big game from Bethesda. Um, and the preload is you can like a week before you can start downloading the game, but you cannot play it, right? But you get all the files and the only way they can do that, the only way they can give you all the files for the game, but effectively prevent you from playing it is with this technology. Um, with encryption they basically give, encrypt all their files send them to you but you you can't decrypt them for your computer it just looks like 60 gigabyte of random noise and then you know the minute they they release the game and it's free to play you, anybody who, who's bought it downloaded it before and can play it they send you this key and then you can decrypt these 60 gigabytes and suddenly it looks like game files and you can start playing it right so there's lots of stuff that works like this um, so what the EU is basically uh, saying is, oh, you can have your encrypted files. Um, you you will just have to give us um, a, uh, a you know a, an unencrypted copy that we can also keep and then look at, right? Um, and what they're proposing is not even a, a system. You know, where they're like, well, you know, if, because they can't, right? They can't propose a system where they say, okay, if we ask for it, or if it's like a a, 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 um, a suspicious file, then we'll do all this. No, they because they don't know, because they're all the files are all encrypted, so they don't know what's suspicious. So what they are saying is, you give us all your files before you encrypt them, and then we'll look through them, and and then we'll you know send us uh, the the uh, the uh, suspicious ones to the police or to some NGOs. Not even only the police, um, also some NGOs, you know, non-governmental organizations, and God knows who they are, right? Or who's running them? You know, we've learned, especially in talking about the Twitter files uh, on the show, uh, we learned that you know lots of there are lots of non-governmental organizations even. Um, universities like Stanford in the US that effectively do evil things like spy on people and and help uh, intelligence agencies spy on people so just because you know NGO always sounds like oh they're non non-profit they're good like they don't have to be good right that, that just means they're not paying taxes basically and you know they're making money in a way that they're not you know they're just paying all their money to their employees and they're not making a lot of money for one person uh, and they're paying uh, no taxes or less taxes. That's basically what that means. So who knows? Um, so so the only way they can do this is you know make a copy. Let's say we're let's say we're talking WhatsApp, right? Um, so they know, this law, if it passed, would uh, compel Meta or Facebook to um, if you send uh, an encrypted if you send a text message or a photo or whatever through WhatsApp. Um, it would compel them to make a copy of that before they encrypt it and send it to the other person, then upload that to a server somewhere, probably a meta server, uh, you know, a Facebook, Facebook server, uh, and then run an, in air quotes, AI algorithm, as they say in this proposed law, uh, which means nothing. I mean, I've talked about, the, we've talked about this on the show, what AI means and what it doesn't mean. Basically, they just run an algorithm uh, and they see if the if it's suspicious, 
right? And I want to do this about text messages. I mean, um, the big the big selling point for this law is, of course, the fight against child pornography. So they're going to do this with pictures. Um, and, you know, there's no end to the problems uh, one can foresee when you think about this. It's just like, you know, starting from the AI being wrong, which AI most often is, you know, even the, you know, the generative AI, um, even the, you know, the, the, the most uh, cutting edge stuff like the news mid-journey sh stuff still gets the fingers on the hand wrong, right? If you tell it to like do a picture of a person, it's like one, one of, or two of every 10 pictures, the person is like six fingers or like two thumbs, <laughs> like really weird shit. Um, so, so, you know, AI is just brute forcing, you know, whatever an AI does, it's just, it, it brute forces whatever, um, uh, it's not smart, right? It just brute, it's just on by statistical analysis, brute forces, whatever exercise you've given it. Um, and that's only the mistakes AI does. That's not even talking about attacking the training models and stuff, you know, like the thing they did with like uh, cars where like the, 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 the machine learning systems that basically, uh, uh, you know, figure out what kind of a traffic sign is like, you can attack those models and then you can just have, you know, put like things on a stop sign, like little stickers that a human eye wouldn't even recognize and the AI goes, oh, this is not a stop sign. This is a speed limit 120 sign or whatever. Um, just by reverse engineering how the how the training model worked and then attacking the weaknesses in that. Um, you know, you could easily do that here. Um, I mean, they're, like if you're thinking about um, like just parents having pictures of their children on their phone, which, you know, often when they're young children, they don't have any clothes on. You know, anybody has you know I'm, I'm sure your parents have that embarrassing picture of you as a kid where you were naked my parents have one that they kept showing people where i'm like running around naked in the water in this in the sea and uh you know there's always like this these pictures that are just completely innocent but you know you're, you're like a two-year-old child and you're naked or whatever um Every every family has these, and they're not all on the phone, right? And the AI could make a mistake and think that's child porn. Um, the model could be attacked um, so that it identifies completely innocent uh, pictures as as, as child pornography. Um, then we're talking about text recognition, which you know, there's a whole another field of problems that could be there. So basically, they they're doing this analysis on the server, and then they're sending the pictures automatically. To the police and some NGOs, um, you know this. This is this is suspicious. We're gonna have have to have a human look at that, and and we know, like, so so there's a huge problem of false positives, uh, just based on you know how AI works and how how vulnerable it is to certain attacks. Then there's another problem where like whoever the police or whatever NGO gets these pictures will be completely overwhelmed. By pictures that are in in the end not child pornography, mostly because of these problems with AI. Um, I mean, anybody who knows anything about this kind of field of technology can see this coming a mile away. And there have been lots of experts telling these politicians that this is like an incredibly stupid idea. But like just like the anti-child pornography law that we talked about in in last week's episode, um, politicians just don't listen because they don't, you know, I don't know for some reason. 
Um, they don't listen to experts when they say, you know, this is going to be a problem because, you know, they put it in their head that they need to pass this law and it will make them look really good or whatever. Um, so, you know, there, there's going to be huge, huge problems where just like the police or whoever will get inundated with these pictures because we know, um, for example, Alexa uh, or other voice assistants uh, where um, Amazon and, and other companies have maintained, but especially Amazon in the beginning, man, oh, this is all analyzed by computer. There's no human listening to this. And then we actually learned uh, by some from some whistleblowers that no, actually, um, you know, this was before the the war in Ukraine started. Um, Amazon had huge, huge, just like warehouses with like little cubicles with underpaid Ukrainians sitting there just listening, and they just you know they'd have to listen to I don't know how many thousands of hours of just people talking to their Alexa because the also intelligent AI just couldn't tell what, you know, what they were trying to do. The same with ring doorbells. I did an episode about this early in the show where you have, where you had like whistleblowers coming out telling us that there were like a lot of like underpaid students or whatever, looking at hours and hours and hours of door, uh, of, of ring doorbell footage, um, where the AI just couldn't tell, is this a human? Is that a dog? Like, what's in the picture? And humans had to do this. And, you know, and anybody who says, well, you know, AI has made so much progress, uh, you know, in, in, in these years, and it's not going to happen. They don't know what they're talking about. They're not using um, AI systems enough. Um, they, they can do quite a lot of things, but, um, like, being right, you know, f- I wouldn't use an AI system for anything where it's important that it gets the the job right, right? I mean, I use AI so like I do. I I I I'm dungeon master for like a um, for a D and D group, and we uh, we do this remote because the people are relatively far away. Um, so I do this over like a software where you know you're online. You can you can you can do your D, you can DM your D and D group right there. There they have a screen, and then I have a map of you know where they are, and then they tell a story where they are. And I, I use pictures for like characters and stuff. And I use uh, Midjourney uh, mostly for this, uh, you know, an, an AI or like a software, you know, a machine learning software where you can just generate pictures. And I have it generate NPC characters or like scenes, you know, in the forest with a campfire or whatever. And it's good for that. But, you know, with that, even with that, like you give it, you you give it like I give it relatively specific instructions what to generate, and I would say um, my success rate is probably twenty percent of the pictures that I think I can use, and that's only just like background fluff for like a DAD group, right? I would like the the people who think like these things can drive cars or like replace journalists or any like anything where you want to be right, where you want where you want to have a very, very small margin of error, if anything. Um, this is, it's insane, I would say. Um, if you look at the current development in this space, um, to say, well, we can do this this with machine learning or neural nets or whatever. Um, um, we have a saying in Germany um, that is apt here. Um, the saying goes, das kann man schon machen, ist dann aber scheiße. You can do it this way, but it'll be shit. 
<laughs> you know, you, you can do it. You, you, it'll just be shit. Um, and, you know, you don't want to do that uh, when you're trying when you're trying to decide if you should, like, if you should convict somebody uh, and the person should go to jail. And, you know, as we, as we talked about in the previous episode, um, if you haven't listened to that, you can go back to that. Especially in Germany, if they pass this law, it'll be horrible in Germany because basically our... Um, laws do not differentiate between the, the, if if you have like child porno, it's material that is deemed child pornographic material on your device, you're going to jail. <laughs> there's like there's no um, you know I, last episode I talked about this teacher who was trying to help um, because uh, the, the kids in the class were sharing like a, a sexting video of a, that a girl recorded and it got out and it got shared in the class and the teacher was trying to tell their parents and tell them how bad it is so she had the she had the video that got sent around in class on her phone and she's going to jail probably and gonna lose her job um, and she was obviously trying to help and the, the judge says this and the DA says this and they still have to put her in jail um, so this will have dire consequences, especially in Germany, but I, I guess also in other countries. Um, so it's it's all around just uh, just just uh, just a very bad idea. And and the thing I don't understand is with these laws. Um, I I guess if I say this now, people you know feel free to comment on everything. Of course, I'm gonna, you know private citizen press. The details how to send feedback are on the site. There's a contact, you know, and every show notes has explanations. The contact link up the top. Um, I appreciate you sending me uh, emails and 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 uh, yeah, there are other ways of contacting me. We have a forum where you can discuss these things. So please do, um, because I feel like people will say this now, but like I I don't understand how politicians can pass a law like this, and then people will say, of course, because politicians are dumb. And I would say yes, but they're not generally not that dumb. But I think it's the thing I talked last week about. They're well-meaning, but they have no idea. Like, they, they know nothing about the space they're legislating. They, they don't know how cryptography works and why it's important. Um, but really, they shouldn't because, I mean, they would just... Well, I kind of... I, I think what they don't understand is that if they if they disable... I think in the first place, they don't understand that the client-side scanning just completely makes all kinds of cryptography useless just like completely useless they don't understand that um and even if you can tell that explain that to them um they will not understand why cryptography equals privacy and i think they don't understand this because as politicians they must understand and they well they always talk about how like the eu where we're, we're so different from example from russia we're like a democratic uh, society and we hold all these these democratic ideals very high and um, and so they, they must understand that privacy is an I mean I learned this in, in I learned this in, in high school to be honest I had a really good uh, teacher in politics in high school um, and they taught us this in high school but then I, I learned it again uh, studying politics of course no politician ever studies politics because you know they're, they're all like lawyers or teachers or whatever, but because, you know, what I learned, uh, my, 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 my professor in politics would always say, if you study politics, you never go into poli politics as a politician 
because then you know how bad it is. But like, what they don't understand is that one of the integral bases for having a democracy is that the citizen has privacy. Uh, and it should be really clear to understand to a politician because they know, and they talk about this a lot, that it's important to have um, secret votes, right? Um, private, uh, private, private voting. Um, you know, like there was going about how like elections in Russia, for example, are not um, really democratic because, you know, they're, they're not private in these cases, whatever, or in some, you know, some Russian controlled republic in, in, in you know, in Crimea or whatever. Um, but like they, they can't make that leap that that means that you have as a citizen your private vote. Um, so the 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 ability to go vote without anybody knowing what you voted only counts for for something if you also in the rest of society have privacy, because you know you have to be able to talk to people about politics without the government knowing, right? You have to be able to talk to other people about what you're voting for and why. Um, I mean that's how discourse works. You have to be able to discuss these topics, um, that's how democracy works, with other citizens without fear of reprisals from the state. But if you do not have any privacy anymore, um, then uh, you can't do that, right? Um, then, then that, what does it matter if you can vote in privacy when in the complete rest of your life the state knows everything, right? Which this basically is because, yeah, it's only, in air quotes, your digital life, but that's where everybody's life is today. Like that's, we, we're not going to the pump anymore um, to discuss these things. This, these discussions happen on WhatsApp with our friends and our family, even our family members. Um, you know, for example, me and my wife, I work a lot and she works a lot and we don't see each other much during the day. Like ninety percent of the stuff we discuss on a on a weekday just happens over like an, a messenger that's end to end encrypted. And if you take that encryption away, um, and it doesn't matter if the state says, "Oh, we only want to do this to file child pornography," no, basically you're taking all this encryption away. You are saying you need to scan all the messages, so so in some rare case you can find one if it's suspicious. Right, but that, that's just like, um, I mean, people don't understand how ludicrous that is. Just imagine that would be like if if we didn't have phones, that would be the state recording everything you say during your whole during your like taping all your phone calls, recording everything, and then looking for suspicious. This is like fucking East German Stasi methods. Like, and I'm not even joking. That's what the Stasi does. That, that's why East Germany wasn't a democratic state. You know, that's why West Germany didn't accept it as a democratic state for all of its existence and didn't ex accept it as a state, really, uh, because it wasn't a demogra uh, democratic state. It was a fucking totalitarian nightmare state because the fucking state wanted to know everything about their citizens because they were afraid they were going to, you know, be class enemies and, and flee to the West. Um, and it wasn't enough for them to have, like, border, border guards that shot you when you're trying to leave. No, they also had to know everything about everybody. 
And they're basically the EU, EU is basically proposing this. Um, uh, actually, why I was on this rant, as you'll see in Twitch chat says, different from Russia and behave like the communists there. Exactly. Reading your mail for the fatherland's greatness. Exactly. So I think maybe, I've just, this just occurred to me during the show, but basically I think to explain why this law is so bad uh, to, to just a person on the street would be um, just ima I mean it's your digital life but that's what, what your life is these days just imagine just try to watch yourself on a normal day what kind of information you just input into your phone and what kind of you know all your photos all the text messages just think about that because basically that is your life if you if we just ignored that and said okay um, we just ignore that cell phones exist it would be like the state listening to everything you say the, your whole day. Every, like, um, even if it was just in public, let's just ignore. Let's just say they're not bugging your home. Just imagine the state. Let's just imagine somebody walking beside you every time you go out, every minute of you being in public, and writing down everything you say to anybody outside. You know, just imagine that. Just imagine the chilling effect that would put on you. Um, basically, our society would turn into like Russia right now, where people are just not discussing certain topics because they know they go to jail, they can get into trouble uh, if somebody overheard hears. So it would be that. Like people would just not uh, be free to to say things in messengers. Like I mean, I have quite of a you know I have a very British sense of humor and you know I I probably say some things uh, jokingly to my wife in a in a in a in a whatsapp chat that would um, would get on this list like that the AI would pick because obviously an AI is cannot understand humor and can we know this this I mean this I mean you know it's it's easily provable but like it doesn't understand sarcasm it doesn't understand humor and there's no way, I, no way we will we'll get to that in the next 50 years. It's just like computers just cannot, even with statistical analysis, you cannot do this. I'm, I'm pretty sure that like British humor is like, like, you know, try to, try to train a model on uh, the humor that's in Monty Python, right? And, and try to get a computer to understand uh, when what they're saying is supposed to be funny and when it's just things they say like that's or like or even harder try to differentiate like if you get a computer to understand the whole works of monty python right um and and understand what's supposed to be funny in there which probably wouldn't be that hard because it's mostly all supposed to be funny but then feed it some normal conversations of people british people and 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 have it try to figure out if what they're saying is meant to be funny or not. It would get it completely wrong all the time. Like, like British humor is completely like, you know, it's just, or if you're just very sarcastic, it just doesn't like, you know, um, it just doesn't work. And I, I go so far to think that like with text messages, I think with, um, when they're analyzing photos, it's probably going to be, harder for the AI to detect whatever it wants to detect but then you know it, I think there will be much more false positives of photos that are completely innocent that the AI will think okay this is child pornography 
But then I'm pretty sure that the humans that get it, if they are like, you know, le let's say they're the police, which I, this is going to sound weird, but, but I trust a little bit more than just like some random NGO. It's weird for me to say I, I, I trust a state agency more than a non-state agency, but in this case, I think I would. So let's assume they're not out to just like convict people, right? They're, they're, there's a human sitting there who really wants to figure out if this is child pornography. I'm pretty sure that the human in that case, um, you know, the AI will probably make a lot of mistakes and the human will, you know, probably be right almost all of the time um, because there's so much context uh, in these things, you know, it's so, so much based on context and things that computers just can't understand. With text... I'm not sure how the AI will perform, if it will perform better than on pictures. I'm not sure at all. I'm pretty sure the false positive rate with humans with text will even be higher because there's no context, right? Um, if you take it, I mean, we all know. You just think about your, your work. Just think, think back to the last 10 years of your workplace. doesn't matter where you work. But if you have emails, pretty much I'm guessing that everybody... And just imagine how many misunderstandings there were at the workplace in the last 10 years uh, just because it was text-based communication and there was no context at all. Like no uh, facial, you know, it's it's easier if you're on a voice call and people can see your face. They can figure out if what you're saying is like main, meant in jest or a little bit sarcasm or, you know, or if you're misunderstanding something. In text communication, all bets are off. Like especially if you don't know the person. If they're sending you the first email, you get no idea if, if what they're saying is sarcasm or not. Like that's like almost impossible to figure out. Um, and and that will be the case for every human that looks at any of these text messages because they don't know the person, right? They just get a random snippet of text. And now they have to decide: is this a joke? You know, are they really planning to plant a bomb, or are they? Are these just you know? Is that just their, their sense of humor? You know, I have friends. Who like you know you talk to them and uh, I don't know, um, you know you, you have a WhatsApp chat and like a, a, a intelligent uh, you know something I'm I'm you know the FBI comes up or like surveillance or we might talk about this topic. The next message from them would be bomb Osama bin Laden, you know whatever. Uh, and this is this of course going to get this flagged on YouTube or whatever and probably on Twitch. But like you know exactly for that reason we know that this doesn't work. Um, we know there have been so many examples with this podcast, you know, the kind of software and the humans that that flagged my show for reason, you know, the, the flagging on YouTube because they thought I was contradicting um, uh, the World Health Organization, which was complete nonsense. Um, me talking about the Fauci paper, which even like LinkedIn, some AI flagged and I gave it to a human to review and the human made the wrong decision. I basically just went... And, you know, Anthony Fauci published a paper. I objectively, as a reporter, reported on this. And they were like, oh, no, you're, you're, you're basically contradicting wealth health. Like, like, or I think they even said, like, wasn't it even, um, uh, you know, what's, what's the American, uh, was it Fauci work? Anyway, like um, CDC guidance or whatever. And I'm like... This is a paper from the guy who wrote the book on that guidance. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And, like, that was, like, the human didn't understand, right? Because whoever whoever has to check these stupid messages is some underpaid, not very intelligent person. 
right? That didn't take the time to listen to my podcast or whatever. And even like didn't even read my 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 answer like my complaint, where I very clearly in in very easy words explained why the, why this why, why this flagging was was bullshit. Like it doesn't work. We know this. These systems do not work. And along comes the EU and says, "Oh, we need to fight child pornography. So we need to we need to put these system in systems in place that scan everybody's private content, and then use these." systems which have been universally shown to be really bad in the past no matter what kind of solution we wanted it to to um to solve these systems were really bad but let's use them in a situation that can get people in jail what could possibly go wrong right i mean it's so bad it's it's so it's so bad on so many levels it's clear that the people don't understand the technology it's it's unbelievable that politicians don't understand that you do have to have privacy in a democratic society. Otherwise, it's not a democratic society. Like it literally does not work. Um, it is based on people. I mean, that's why we have free speech, right? Because democracy can only function if people can say what they think about the current government. And and be free to express themselves, and and if they don't have privacy, then they can't do that because they are afraid. You know, they they can't even if you can't even talk to your wife in a private WhatsApp chat because you're afraid you can get called by the police because they think you're planning a terror attack, or you can't even send uh, your like your wife a picture of 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 your child. Uh, look, it's like look. The child is. Na I don't know. I'm not a parent, but like there might be. There there will be a million pictures of like. Look, the child just painted itself in like finger colors again or whatever. It's like the naked child in the bathroom doing what God knows what. I don't know. There'll be a million of these pictures, right? Um, and 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 God beware. They try to analyze anything else. You know, let's let's not get into the idea of what happens if they they go. You know, I mean, it's it's it it it'll, it'll be weird to call child pornography a sexual practice because it's also it's 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 an illness and it's also reprehensible. But like, you know, what what happens if they get into like policing other stuff? You know, like like kinky things that like let's 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 just imagine for a second here they pass all of this and then the police goes well there's a lot of um domestic violence right and we want to it's really hard to crack down on which which it is because you know it happens in the privacy of the home so it's really hard for the police if the victim isn't from you know if if the victim doesn't doesn't want help or is you know, if the victim's scared and 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 basically denies everything, it's like really hard. Even if 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 they go to the to the hospital with like black eye or whatever, or like really bad, um, uh, you know, um, injuries. Like if the if the victim doesn't cooperate and 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 protects the 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 perpetrator, there's really no chance for the police to kind of do anything about it. Which is true. That is that is a fact. But 
if they if they take that and go like we now have to, we you know we have an ai algorithm that can find photos that look like their domestic violence and and then we'll flag that and 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 then we'll give that to the police just just imagine that for a second and and then look up on the internet what bdsm is right which is basically people uh, it's a kink where you like you know you get sexually aroused if you get beaten like it's one of the aspects or tied up or things like that which is totally okay if like two consenting adults are doing it to each other and people take pictures of this don't get me wrong you know they they you know they also send it to other people who are into this thing because they they it's a mutual interest and they all get aroused and it's completely okay like if it's if everybody's consenting this is no problem at all like you know just don't question what people do in their private homes in in this respect right if it's not illegal if it's con you know it's like religion if it's everybody's consenting you know no no king shaming um but like just imagine just an Im imagine an ai trying to figure out if if a picture of like somebody's let's say a woman in this case uh beaten green and blue body like an ai doesn't know if that is like domestic violence or you know sadomasochism like you know it, 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 there's no tag on the image that says oh this is consenting adults i mean yeah that's a you know that's why they always use child pornography because then you don't don't have this edge case because in that case there is no consent to be given so it's it's definitely uh you know illegal and definitely a, a, a problem so you can you can always use that but once this we all know that once this technology is in place they will try other things and just 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 help us all if it's something like, like there's there's no end to the problems one can foresee if one thinks about these laws um the good news is this has uh, been tabled now over the weekend because the german government um has been uh advocating against this law the whole time which is uh interesting you know most eu laws are basically uh, these days a lot of them are like come from the german direction uh but this one apparently doesn't and there's been lots of um fight against this i guess because even though politicians are generally generally clueless just privacy is just the thing that germans care more about than anybody else in europe so so i guess it's like um the politicians know that they can win votes by this so maybe they're more educated in general here in germany than everywhere else but you know i don't have any hope that this is not coming back um this this will be coming back they will be trying this again uh, basically because it's a crypto wars right um and if you haven't listened to the show for long by that we mean the the constant fight uh by many politicians to um uh, to just get rid of crypto cryptography because it's just inconvenient if you're the police and you wanna or if you're like a control-minded i don't want to say totalitarian-minded but you know uh, a politician who wants to have control over their citizens is just inconvenient if there's like this stuff you can't look into and that's why every you know all the intelligence services and lots of politicians um often also like influenced um if they know it or they don't uh, you know depends but like by the intelligence services who find it uh, especially pesky that they just can't scan everything 
um, and and see everything everybody does. Um, you know, we could we could prevent so many crimes if we could just do that. Um, which is of course like bush. Like that's the thing I didn't even talk about last time um, with the child pornography. Like another aspect is like the police always goes like, yeah, we need the powers to look into this, and then yeah, it'll make it'll make their job easier. But like, it's not like. I mean, if anything, they need more people. It's not like they they write like without these kind of things. Um, it's not like they're dealing with every instance of like reported child pornography and like uh, like uh, instances like this, like for example, forums on the internet where people are spreading this stuff around. It's it's not like they're arresting all of these. It's not like it's it's not like they they're, they're sitting around being bored. Right, the pe the people that investigate the stuff. If you talk to them, and I actually have, um, they're always busy. Like they have not enough people because you burn out. Like you, if you work in one of these police units, you you have to look at child pornography every day. And there's lots of people who are like you know I've talked to I've talked to uh, one person in in particular who used to do this kind of job, and 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 they were like I'm out. Like I I could do this like two years, and then I was like I was like burn out. And I, they were saying there were people um, who got transferred into their unit who just after a month or a few weeks said, I can't do this. Like in some cases, even days, like two, three days on the job. Like I can't, I can't do this. I can't look at this shit every day. Like, because they have, obviously they have to watch everything um, because, you know, they have to figure out if it's actually illegal. Um, so it's not like they have enough people. It's not like they're sitting around bored and it's like, oh, we don't have any, uh, we are basically sitting here and we're running out of things to investigate, right? Um, so, you know, and there, there's lots of instances of like these forums where like, there's not even cryptography involved. There's a forum on the internet as the press would like to co would call it the dark net, which is basically just an unlisted forum somewhere. It's, it's, it's publicly available. It's just, you have to know, like in some cases they're accessible over Tor, but there are a lot of them. They're just on the internet. They're just not listed in Google, right? You can't go, Oh, I want to child pornography community and then you find it you have to be told by somebody where it is like some random number string whatever url or things like that um and it's kind of a little bit hidden and then you find it but you can just register i mean and then you probably have somebody uh you know vouch for you or whatever but like the police gets into these regularly like there are they're in these units, they are undercover cops, and by undercover I don't mean like Miami Vice undercover. They're like just on a computer all day, posing as people who are interested in child pornography or people who produce child pornography, and they're basically trying to even though in Germany it's not like in the US where basically entrapment is completely illegal even in those cases. But you know, they're basically trying to get in contact with these people so that they can then catch them in real life you know by you know distributing child pornography or in the possession of and um in a way where they haven't set them up right they're basically just trying to um play a member of this community get ingratiate themselves with the people um and in some cases they you know even have to trade in this material to get into that and, and into these circles and then they do set them up and have a sting operation and, and you know basically catch them red-handed and they have so many of these cases that they you know they're in these forums and they see all these people trading this shit and they can arrest a few but not all of them so they try to get like the the guys who's, who who like profit and 
who spread this stuff around. And usually they don't even get around to the normal, uh, in air quotes, consumers of this stuff, which is as illegal. But they just don't have the manpower to, to like, um, convict these people. And then it's even worse if they're convicting like these poor teacher and people like that. Um, and, 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 you know, and what do they want these fucking, the fucking access to these files for? It's just, it will just like, by a, by a order of magnitude increase their work and they already can't, um, like, they can't, already can't deal with the work they have. And then, then we're not even talking about these things where like, you know, Jimmy Savile and this kind of stuff where it's, it's celebrities and, and those guys never get like, because, you know, I don't know, for some reason they know people and, and, and I don't know, they get this investigation squashed or not even started. Like there's lots of stories that journalists have unearthed over the years with whistleblowers, with these rings of with really famous and influential people who are into illegal stuff like this, who, who never get touched, who never get arrested. So like, it's just insane to me. But I'm pretty sure it's 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 pretty cool that this didn't get along, like this law didn't get passed for now, but I'm I'm sure it'll be back. Because, you know, it's the crypto wars and if Fallout taught us one thing, uh and Ron Perlman has taught us one thing, then that's uh War. War never changes. Never does. So the the crypto wars will never change either. So uh it'll be back. Um this this the shit will be back and you know and and if you're listening to this and you're in the UK don't you fucking think that oh this is the EU it's an EU problem because the EU uh, the UK has just passed the online safety bill which you know to fight CSAM child pornography uh, and other things uh, and it, it has many other provisions and other stuff it's like you know porn sites are regulated so the kids can't see porn that's a whole different discussion. I'm not sure I want to have this, but I'm like, maybe you should just have better sexual education and then this wouldn't be a problem. But okay, that's a whole a whole different topic. Um, but there there is one thing in this law, which let me qu quote from Reuters. Um, so messaging platforms led by Matters, so Facebook, uh, Matters WhatsApp, have opposed a provision in the law that they say could force them to break end-to-end -end encryption. The government, however, has said the bill does not ban end-to-end -end encryption. Instead, it will require companies to take action to stop ch child abuse on their platforms and, as a last resort, develop technology to scan encrypted messages, it has said. The, 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 the government. Uh, the U UK government, who is either lying or dumb. Um, tech companies have have said scanning messages and end-to-end -end encryption are fundamentally incompatible. Now, I'm not usually a fan of tech companies, especially not of matter, uh, but they're right in this case. Um, and what I find, especially my voice is getting bad. Sorry. I'm going to have to drink some water and this is going to be, I only have sparkling water here, so it's going to be, it's very sparkly, it's fresh. It's good Rheinfelsquelle classic. Very sparkling water. Americans would say seltzer, I think. Uh, we call it sprudel in German. Mm. So good. 
Anyway, um, uh, Reuters, uh, journalists these days are just shit. <laughs> just, I'm going to write a, I, I thought I, when I, when I, when I was preparing the show, I'm like, I, I'm going to write a newsletter. Um, I have this newsletter called Eye on the Press. I'm going to write, I think, uh, an issue about this and, and why are journalists this dumb? Because basically journalists, they're, they're like, oh, we need to write about this, um, and then, uh, does anybody know how this encryption shit works? Uh, uh, no. But uh, no problem. We will just um, ask everybody. We'll ask all the sites. We'll ask the government and we'll ask Facebook. And we'll just write down what they say. And then it'll be okay. It'll be okay that we have no idea. Because we've, you know, we've written down what both sides of the argument say. And then it's okay. And this from the people who are so adamant about fact-checking and, and science and all of this, because th here's a fact you can check. And the fact is that the tech company in this case is right. There is no way uh, you can scan messages that are end-to-end -end encrypted. It's fundam fundamentally incompatible. As I explained before, you can have encrypted messages, end-to-end -end encrypted messages, um, but but you cannot look into them. And the only way is you can decrypt them, which then it's not end-to-end -end encryption, or you can do client-side scanning, which is copying them before they're end-to-end -end encrypted, which, you know, technically means they're not end-to-end -end encrypted. Because, you know, that would be my... Technically, end-to-end -end encryption means I'm typing something in my keyboard on the phone, it gets encrypted, and it stays encrypted and it, until it turns up on your screen. And even if the messenger itself, which is encrypting it, you know, copies it and, and puts it in a side channel before it gets encrypted, that's not end-to-end encryption anymore, in my understanding of end-to-end encryption. Um, I guess you can have a technical argument about that, but it would just be bullshit. Um, yeah, so yes, I'm sorry, but Meta is right. These inequities tech companies are right. It's fundamentally incompatible. So... What Reuters should have done here is basically said, um, well, the, the, the UK government is wrong. Um, I mean, they are right when they say this bill does not ban end-to-end encryption. It doesn't. It just makes it useless. Um, and when they say it will, it, instead it will require a company to take action, uh, you know, as a last resort, who, who cares? Uh, you know, it's to take action to um, develop technology to scan encrypted messages, that, that part of a sentence is just complete, utter nonsense. Like whoever wrote this has no understanding of the technology or is trying to mislead the voters. Because you cannot scan, well, you can scan end-to-end -end encryption, encrypted messages, but there is random noise, pseudo-random noise technically. Um, right, but you can't like, what they're saying can't be done. And really, if they're passing a law, I'm not letting them off the hook. If they're passing a law about this, they need to understand what they're passing a law about. Otherwise, they're idiots. They're either idiots or they're liars and they're trying to mislead the general public, which uh, for a government, I mean, you don't even know what's worth. It's, it's both bad. <laughs> it's a, both incredibly bad. Um, so, yeah. But like it is because I'm a journalist, I'm even more annoyed about the journalists in this case. Like I'm like Reuters, you're like an international news agency. Like everybody just copies your shit. You're like in a very privileged and in a very very 
responsible position, right? Like a thousand news outlets across the globe will have like copied this either directly of Reuters or copied it of somebody who quoted Reuters. And oh yeah, well we don't know. The government says this, and then the tech companies say this, and then people will probably not trust the tech companies because they've done a lot of shit in the past, which is true. But which Reuters should have fact checked this, as they like to fact check these days. Um, they should have fucking found out the facts, which are very easy. You are, you just find somebody who knows just a little bit about cryptography, and they will say, well, yeah, the tech companies in this case are right, because they know the technology, and you know you can't. It's fundamentally incompatible. If if messages are end to end encrypted, nobody can look into that. Neither we, the tech companies, nor the government. And if the government wants us to scan these messages and figure out what's in them, then then we might as well not end-to-end encrypt them because it's like fucking useless. Who cares? In that case, you know, end-to-end encryption specifically protects the message from the service provider looking into it. Right? Otherwise, we just need transport encryption if you don't want some rando on the internet looking at it. But if you, pro- if you by a law you know, force the service provider to look into the messages, then end-to-end encryption is not bullshit. Like, and these fucking, these these fucking politicians should at least have the backbone to say, well, then we outlaw end-to-end encryption. Because basically that's what they're doing. Like, it's like saying, um, uh, Okay, so we want to save the planet, so uh, so we don't want you to drive your petrol car, right? Um, and then they're like, okay, we're, we're going to pass a law where we're going to take all your petrol cars away. And then, then basically there's people with pitchforks mar- marching on the Bundestag here in Germany. And they're like, okay, okay, we're not going to do that. We're not, we promise we will never take your car away. And then they come back like half a year later and they go, okay, we come up with this genius idea. You can keep your car. We just make it that you can't drive it. <laughs> you know, it'll be, it'll be illegal for this car to be on the road. You can keep it. You can look at it. You could turn it on in your parking spot, um, but you can't drive on the road. <laughs> That's basically what, what this law is. <sighs> and, you know, as, as you can see, same problem in the UK. This is, this is universal. Um, I mean, this is something probably the U.S. government is working on. Um, the Canadians probably already have passed the law like this. If I uh, if I judge them right, um, we can have our Canadian listeners come in with some um, some wisdom about that. Anyway, I would, and you know, if you're from Canada or not, I would I would appreciate your feedback. And uh, speaking of feedback. Yes, if you go to Private Citizen Press, uh, there's you know feedback section in all the show notes. There's uh, links at the top that explain how to contact me um, because I appreciate your thoughts on everything. And uh, once again, we have Yevgeny Kuznetsov, who must hold the record for the most feedback on the show. So uh, um, <laughs> I, I was going to say I'm, I'm going to give him a medal for that, but he's from Russia. He's going to have some really... Uh, 
snide anecdote about medals from the Soviet Union. Because what he writes here is, um, so uh, he said the, the previous episode, uh, the one on the uh, really dumb uh, change on the child pornography law in Germany, um, reminded him of an anecdote that is sometimes uh, attributed to Sakharov. That's uh, Andrei uh, Sakharov, the uh, Russian uh, Soviet um, scientist. And it it might not be true that it that it's you know, often these things are not you know he probably might have not said it but anyway um, so the anecdote goes as follows with a team of Soviet engineers I came to Germany the DDR the German uh, Democratic Republic um, to get to know their technologies better we were vi visiting a factory and I was watching a worker operate a complex machine tool of great skill a buzz signal lunchtime. And I was surprised to see the worker simply turn the appliance off and walk away. I made a point to return to that place by the end of lunchtime and I witnessed the worker coming back to the machine, moving the cutting head away from the workpiece, removing both the workpiece and the cutting head that were obviously damaged by st stopping the machine while they were in contact, throwing them into the trash bin, installing the new cutting head and signaling a master, like a supervisor I think this means, uh, to readjust the machine. Uh, while waiting for the readjustment, the worker took out his cigarettes and walked out for a smoke. I followed him. You look like a person who knows your trade very well, I said to him as we smoked together. <laughs> this is probably the 60s. Um, obviously, you could have moved the cutting head away from the workpiece before powering the machine down. It would have saved the workpiece uh, made of expensive alloy. It would have saved the expensive cutting head and would have allowed you to just go on working after lunch without any need to readjust the machine. Now, I, I thought that this was all done just to have an extra smoke break, but that's not the point. That's how people would think today, except, you know, not smoking anymore. Probably vaping. Anyway, um, to go on, I would have uh, saved without, you know, after lunch without the need to readjust the machine. I'm sure you know all that, so why did you just stop the machine the way you did? Uh, it is in the manual. I had to have the training and sign the paper. The manual says when the lunchtime signal or end of shift signal sounds, all machine tools must immediately be powered off. So that's what I did, he said. But you do understand that the manual is stupid in this regard and you save time and money for the factory if you disobey it. Uh, I do, he said. But if I disobey it, the idiot who wrote it will not be fired and will keep on writing stupid manuals. <laughs> Um, yeah, so it's kind of yeah, um, obviously triggered by the last week's episode of of the law where where the judge and the uh, DA uh, are both saying we really don't want to prosecute this person, uh, but there's no other way. I I wish the 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 politicians would learn from that, right? Um, I wish, but that's not how how it works. I mean, uh, one of the reasons is that, of course, in democracy, uh, the people change so much, right? They're, they're, that's one of the downsides. Um, so, so the current, or the, even the previous government made this mistake, and now the current government is fixing it. Um, but this will all be forgotten in ten years when, like, they've changed all the personnel, and then the people making the laws will make as stupid laws, and they will just not listen. Right, they'll have experts. I mean, they have experts on staff for this kind of stuff. Um, at least in the German government, you know, I know that they have that in Australia and the UK and 
in the US or probably in many, many other countries as well. They have special experts and staff who they pay uh, to tell them their opinions on these kind of things and then they don't listen to them. Um, I don't know, because they think they just get more votes or whatever. Because it sounds like a good idea, right? Um, it sounds like a good idea to power off that machine immediately. Um, you know, and then you, if you ask somebody who's actually ever worked in a factory, I mean, this is like the more I'm thinking about this, I, I talked to Evgeny about this on the forum as well. Um, and this is a very scary thought, but it's something that's been developing. The more I think about our current or our government in general here in Germany, I can't really judge any other governments because I'm not that closely involved, but, um, the German government just completely reminds me of the Soviet Union in, in many respects. <laughs> like like this, where they're like, they're obviously people who have no idea what they're, what they're doing and they're passing the laws. Like I, I read um, a while ago, I read a, a, a very comprehensive uh, Stalin biography, um, which, is, um, which is really good. Um, wait, I'm going to have to look this up. Don't get me wrong. Who wrote it? I don't even know what the title is, so I'm just gonna have to, to just, uh, yeah, just gonna. I don't know. I could probably look in my Kindle. Uh, I'm actually gonna. I'm 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 actually gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> give me a sec. Let me just log into Amazon, um, and and look into my um my kindle uh where is it where's my content i'm sorry this is this is riveting podcasting I'm just going to look into my kindle library what this book is called because it's really good uh there are a lot of books i'm just not going to show this live on stream because there's like lots of books my 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 wife and me use the same kindle library this long predates when they had like um like a family thing, right? So, so we just use the same library. So there's lots of books my wife bought uh, in this uh, library, which I don't really wanna wanna publicly show because I really I don't have her consent because I wasn't thinking that I was gonna do this. So now I have to scroll through all these books. Uh, I can cannot differentiate. So of course all this historical crap about submarines and Magic the Gathering books. Uh, oh, mine is lots of Michael Connolly. Scrolling to all the Bosch books right now. What's the Stalin biography called? Why can't I remember this? Um, can't even remember who wrote it. Ah, here we go. Uh, Stephen Kotkin. Uh, well, I think, I don't know if the third volume is out yet. I will have to uh, read that. But it's, I think it's a three-book series. Um, Stephen Kotkin, The Life of Stalin. Uh, I'm just gonna gonna look up if the if the third book's out actually. Um, so the the first one is called Paradoxes of Power. Is that? Yeah, and the second one is called Waiting for Hitler. Um, the third and final volume, Miscalculations and the Mao Eclipse, is scheduled to be published after 2020. Well. We are after 2020. I'm guessing it's not out. Uh, yeah, I think he's still working on that. Um, 
set to be published in 2024. Okay. Anyway, it's a great book. Um, and um, there were to the point I was making ten minutes ago. I'm really sorry about this. Um, the the the. the he talks a lot about how after the revolution, the Soviets formed the government and, and the Politburo. And then, and then there's like, I don't know, in the first, I think it never changed afterwards, but like I think in the first 15 years of that government, which is a worker government, right? The whole the whole state is built on, on, um, on workers, right? To give, give the, bring the workers to power. And like in the first 15 years of that government, there's only one person in this government who's ever actually worked on a factory floor, right? Everybody else, like uh, Lenin, uh, Lenin and, and I don't know, who's the, who's the other guy? There are lots of journalists, right? Felger. I mean, even Stalin was kind of a journalist at one point. Um, but I mean, Stalin is a, is a, is a failed monk, <laughs> theologian it's like lots of there's like lots of journalists there's like teachers there's like all these people who in a democracy also be go into government because you know I don't know they, they fail at everything else I guess um, they fail just fail upwards there's like no fucking worker in the whole government so they're basically they're, they're mandating literally they're deciding down to like kind of I don't know what kind of clothes people on the factory line are wearing and and how to like run factories? They have no clue how to run factories, because in the whole government is no experts on that. They were like really clueless. They had no experts on anything. Like they had no experts in foreign policy. <laughs> the the guy who was like the 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 uh, was was like running foreign policy had no idea what he was doing. Like it's like some guy becomes like the the the, the ambassador to Britain. Just basically because he's the only guy in the higher party echelon who's ever been to Britain. It's like that's his that's that's his quality. Like you you've been on holiday in Britain once, you will become our ambassador. <laughs> it's like it's hilarious. Um <laughs> so you don't want to see the special edition of Fifty Shades of Grey you ordered. You know, there's yeah, there's there's more question. I don't know, it's questionable, but let's say there's more kinky books in in that library <laughs> than Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey is harmless. Um, yeah, uh, I I just don't want to see all the uh, all, all the really weird historical uh, <laughs> treatises I'm reading. Um, no, uh, yeah. Um, so uh, you know, the, but the, the German government or just governments in general, but in in where this current German government especially, and I know I still have to do an episode about this whole government. I've been um, promising this as long as they've been in office, and it looks like you know they're they're probably not winning the next election <laughs> for good reasons. But they're like they're just like just, they're just clueless mostly. They're like clueless about something like the. the I mean the 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 the, the form like the the war in in Ukraine breaks out. It didn't really break out, you know. The the current invasion start, and and the foreign ministers like, in an interview, she goes like, "I was really surprised by this," and you're like, first of how were you surprised? You've got like intelligence services and 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 satellite images, and uh, you know, I knew the Russians were massing tanks. Why didn't you know that? <laughs> And then 
not only does that portray that you're clueless, but it also portrays that you're incredibly clueless because a foreign minister should never admit anything like this. <laughs> At least not while they're still in office. How how dumb are you? And it's just all the way, right? You know, the the same thing with the pandemic. Uh, the the people making making the laws and the policy, they had no idea what they were talking about when it came to just like, you know, medicine and pandemics and the hospitals. It just it just reminds me so much. Like they want they go on about they want tighter and tighter control and and then the, the, the actual governing they do is just so dumb and, and so clueless. It's kind of like the Soviet regime really. You know, where they 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 wanted to know everything about their citizens. They were Im- incredibly paranoid. Obviously a lot of this going back to Stalin. Um, but then they were also like really dumb. Like, you know, they were like, they didn't have any experts. If they had experts and they asked the experts, they ignored them because it was just like um, not politically convenient. <laughs> like the, they were like, oh, what's going on here? Oh, well, okay, if that's the truth, that's just not politically convenient. Like we're just going to ignore that. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's it's you know the the Nazis for some you know Hitler was was like this as well like Hitler was uh, uh, when it came to like World War Two was um, I I saw this lecture on YouTube um, some some time ago by this I think British historian giving a lecture at at the U.S. War College I think um, about why Hitler lost World War Two and his point was basically that. Um, Hitler was when whenever um, reality contradicted his ideology, he chose his ideology, and you know St- Stalin was Stalin was the same. Um, so basically, he lost the war because he was like, uh, uh, "We're going to invade the Soviet Union," and then his military strategists go, "We we can't we can't win this," and he was like, "No, but we're gonna we're gonna win um, because I believe in that." And this is like you know the 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 dumb shit you hear about, hear about the Ukraine war, which is just like completely insane, uh, you know, basically Ukrainian propaganda, which our government goes, yeah, they're, they're, this, this war is going to last like six months. Oh yeah, has it? <laughs> has it lasted six months? Hmm, I wonder why it hasn't. I wonder why it's still going. Well, because any military expert you would have asked would have told you, no, this is going to last years um, because you're fighting Russia. It's obvious. You just need to look at the numbers of the soldiers they have and the tanks. And it's like clear. I don't need to be a military strategist. Um, same with like a lots of lots of the the uh, environmental um, uh, laws they're passing, which seems to be completely um, motivated by by ideology. And 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 whenever like reality comes along, and some some expert points out why. Uh, why the law they're trying to pass is going to be stupid and you know they're like no uh, we're we going to ignore these facts in favor of our ideology it's like so it's bad it's bad to compare our very democratic government to like two totalitarian regimes but like it just it just, just comes it, it just comes across like that and I mean how can you really how can you blame me with shit like this with the EU going Privacy, you don't need any privacy. Uh, we're gonna 
We're gonna have the AI decide. I mean, they haven't even discussed the fucking... And I didn't even get into this because this is a completely different topic and I'm gonna stop now, but they haven't even discussed the ethical uh, implications of AI deciding whether... Basically, AI, you know, deciding if, 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 if you should be investigated by the police based on your private files. I mean, what the fuck? It's so dumb. Anyway, I'm 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 going to stop now otherwise I'll be going on uh, about this for another other the next 6 hours and we don't want this. I want to get this uh uh podcast out to you. Well, that was a dumb thing to say. Um <laughs> because when you're listening to it to this you'll you'll have it already, but you know. Know what I mean. I'll I'll just be going on and and nobody wants that. So let's let's start wrapping this up. But first I need some more sprudel for my voice. And also it's so very refreshing. Hmm. Carbonated water is the best thing ever. It's so good. I really have to be careful not to burp. No, no. Makes you burp. As a kid, <laughs> when, I, when I came home from school, uh, my grandma always had this extremely carbonated water that's even more carbonated than the one I'm drinking now, um, which is called Brola. Trinks to Brola, then gets der Wohle. Was there, like slogan. Um, it was so carbonated that as a kid, if you opened a fresh bottle and you immediately breathed in the, like you just opened the, the cap and then you just breathe in, you'd get dizzy from all the CO2. <laughs> I would keep doing that as a kid. <laughs> probably explains my behavior. It's probably due to early brain damage based on that. Anyway, um, I would like to thank everybody who makes the show possible. Uh, this show only exists because people support it monetarily. Um, I appreciate all support. If you're just, you know, supporting me with feedback or, you know, writing in to tell me uh, what topics I should cover, that is completely okay. Uh, you don't have to feel obligated, um, you know, to, to to chip in monetarily. But if you do, uh, that's very important to me as well um, because, you know, I, I am a freelance journalist and I, I don't make that much money and every little bit helps, to be honest. Um, and I do spend quite some time getting the show to you. So, um, I would like to thank my producers who are supporting me on Patreon. If you want to do that as well, go to private Press. Details are on there. Um, so I would like to thank my showrunner, Sergal Taron, executive producers, Butterbeans, Jaroslav Lichtblau, Rizal and Sandman 616. I'd also like to thank my supervising producers, Avid, Bennett Piazza, Dave, IKN, Jackie Plage, Jonathan M. Hitai, nearly did wrong again, Crunkle, Michael Mullen Jensen, and Tobias Weber. Producers, Andrew Davidson, Astro Barry Williams, Cam, Captain Akat, Dirk Didi, Fadi Mansour, Florian Pigorsch, Joe Poser, Mr. Amish, Ajay Tracy, and Robert Forster. And also my associate producers, D, Jonathan, Johan Sonnen, Kaisias, Ricky M, Steve Hose, and Vlad. Uh, 
And if you're wondering, these are kind of, you know, tiers and the Patreon. I, I try to have a, a tier for everybody. I think, you know, you can you can just go with a with euro or dollar or your local currency uh, a month and that, uh, you know, that helps. Every little bit helps, but there's also higher tiers and I appreciate everybody. But anyway, that's where the titles come, come from. I would also like to thank ByteMark at ByteMark.co.uk. They're a cloud hosting company. They provide the bandwidth and the uh, storage and the hosting for this for the audio files, not the website. I do that myself. Well, actually, that's uh, on Netlify, but I pay for that myself. But ByteMark does the lion's share of the audio files, which is very important. Could do the show without them, and they're great. They're a really great hoster. Um, they're, like, very proactive with... I, I've noticed this because I got an email from them today. Um, about some maintenance they're going to do at uh, at, at one uh, of their locations, and like, it's not, it's unlikely that that will have an outage, uh, that will cause an outage. But they're still informing you. They're very proactive with like writing you emails uh, about the maintenance they're doing. Like I've never had like physical maintenance and stuff like that. I've never had that with a hosting provider. Um, so I uh, just they're just great, and you know, they're never down. These these uh, these, these files you know download to you very quickly so i'm i'm happy thanks thanks by mark um they've been doing this for years uh started with a podcast i used to do called linux outlaws and i just appreciate that and that's it um if you are uh, curious uh, the great uh, song i use as an intro song is called acoustic roots by raul Cabazali, and i use a why well, I, I play a different song as an outro um every week and i uh license the epidemic sound catalog and i pull them from there and for this week we have a song called mud runner has nothing to do with the video game which is great um, but this song is also great it's called mud runner by somebody called philhelm not with the w with the v philhelm philhelm Hass. Hass. and it's like metal <laughs> i don't know it's, it's i think it's like a, a uh and uh, like it's not their real name uh probably i don't know but it's uh it's an awesome little uh acoustic uh no not acoustic uh, instrumental uh, metal song um which is great um obviously epidemic sounds has lots of like instrumental stuff for um you know putting under your youtube videos or your ad or whatever you want to use it for but like, uh, yeah sometimes they have uh they also have of course songs with vocals but you know uh, you know, I, I like to switch it around and I really enjoyed this song when I found it. So we're going to play Mud Runner by Wilhelm Haas. Haas, Haas, Wilhelm. Um, and uh, I'll see you next Wednesday, next week. I hope it's going to be Wednesday. I hope I can get this done. I'm going to try. Until then, um, you know, as Malcolm Reynolds said, aim to misbehave.
changes.